Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to a mid-July edition of Around the Hearn. Two terrific guests talking about auto racing and baseball. Coming up here in just a bit, but first, on a sad note, I just want to say my condolences and uh, thoughts with the uh, family of former Lima News sports writer, Mike Miller, who uh, passed away earlier uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, just a terrific all-around dude. A lot of people had a, a lot of great things to say about him, and I hope that his family is doing the best that they can. Never easy to lose uh, someone, especially uh, a guy like him. Lima Central Catholic and University of Finley's Artis Kimbrough just signed to play for uh, CB Cartagena over in Spain. Big congratulations to him and a longtime baseball coach at the University of Finley's. Steve Brill announced his resignation. 116 wins after his uh, fourth highest total in uh, school history is all calculated. Bluffton University's got to look for a new D.C. Josh Ronda, the uh, Bath graduate, hired as the defensive quality control coach over at Iowa State, who are building quite a uh, Northwest Ohio resume with Matt Campbell, the former Toledo coach. Major League Baseball draft, Seth Lonsway from Salina and Ohio State University said the best curveball of anybody uh, pitching in the draft. Sixth round, San Francisco. Congratulations to him. Speaking of Major League Baseball, Brian Gray, Dalen Miley is now a Houston Astro. And uh, another Brian Grad and Matt Whistler playing for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays had one of those weird MLB seven-inning no-hitters. was one of, I believe it was five pitchers to be part of it uh, last week against the Cleveland Indians. If you saw the game on Wednesday, though, you'll know why the Indians are disputing it. With Major League Baseball, there's a couple of weird plays where the official score actually changed a ruling to give Tampa a no-hitter on a play. The two players converged. Now, for the Indians, it was called an error. For Tampa, it was called a hit. Just a weird confluence of things. Uh, I'm curious to see kind of how that goes. The TV guys for the Indians lost their mind on the play, and I think rightly so. It's the same play on each side, but it's the old home scoring thing. And congratulations to Tyler Dehan playing for the Vanderbilt Legion right now, who just picked up a 5-4 win tonight over Piqua. But as they start their tournament run, they find out that Tyler just committed to play college baseball at Defiance from St. Henry, and he's a good one. They are getting a well-rounded young man with the ball on the bat. Talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball draft, but it impacts a couple of kids that uh, played for the Locos in the last handful of years. Tyler Tolvey of Kennesaw State picked in the 17th round of Atlanta. He broke the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League record back in 2018 with a 53 RBI. His former teammate Jordan Marks of USC Upstate picked in the 8th round by Detroit. Congratulations to those two young men. Locos were in action tonight. They had their game suspended. They'll resume it coming up. I believe I saw the 25th. They sit at second in the north right now. Nice piece on the uh, three young men uh, sharing the name Jake on the local news tonight. Just one of those young men representing the Bean. Grand Lake, by the way, sitting in seventh. All-star game for the uh, Grand Lake 
boys and the uh, Lima boys next Tuesday night at Prasco Park in Mason. If you have not been to Mason, go for the All-Star game. Stay for the free food. They have a uh, great deal there at the park, and the chicken is my favorite. The uh, locals represented by Joseph Salvo, Trevor Austin, Colton Ledbetter, Daryl Biggs, and Jonathan Mackheimer. Grand Lake, just by Joe Jimenez, but they've got a chance that Marcus Ernst and Braden Morrow can be picked as alternates. Junior Acme Baseball tonight, Defiance. Takes the Junior Acme State title over Anthony Wayne in the finals. Anthony Wayne beat Coldwater. To get to that point, and the uh, State Acme Senior Tournament starts this weekend. The uh, 17th through the 19th, you can hear a handful of games on uh, local radio stations. Van Word against Bell Fountain will be on WZOQ Radio on Saturday at 10 a.m., as will Defiance in Perrysburg. And then at 3 p.m., you can tune in to uh, Tenora and uh, St. Henry on the uh, Tenora Rams uh, Sports Network. And the uh, great Keith Brown, who, by the way, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday to him. You can hear him on a previous episode of this show talk about everything that is the uh, sports network there. And then the 5.30 game is for sales at Elida. 2 p.m. on Sunday, the semifinals feature either uh, Van Wert or Bell Fountain against Defiance or Perrysburg and Tenora or St. Henry against Versailles or Elida. The finals of that taking place Monday at 6 p.m. And that's pretty much what I've got for news and notes this week. There's not a lot going on. Obviously, with the summer, Legion Baseball getting started. The uh, tournaments this weekend, Ottawa will be in action on Friday night as it will take on Perrysburg. You can hear that on WZOQ Radio. They will play in Ottawa for the first couple of rounds in their district. Van Wert goes all the way down to uh, Greenville as they will have the uh, Sydney White team. That's the number one seed in the opening round, I believe, Friday or Saturday. But all of those things you can find us on Twitter. We're covering a lot of those at Sports Live, at WZOQ Radio, and just so much good in this episode. Alex Wolf from iHeartRadio coming up here in a few. He'll talk about his racing experience and about everything that got him to this point. And Joe Recker, good old Joey, will come on and we'll talk all about the project they have going on at Holy Name Ballpark in Kaleida, a place near and dear to my own heart and about uh, baseball and so much more. He's next when we come back here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. If you've ever paid attention to anything I've ever done, Twitter, Facebook, uh, this podcast, whatever, you know that I like calling games in Kaleida, and I've always enjoyed being able to do so. big part of the reason is 
Joe Recker, the uh, former head baseball coach, got a big thing on Monday. You got the new renovations going, and it looks like you're pretty handy with a shovel. I don't know about that, Michael. In fact, I got chided by a couple of my friends at Tech and said didn't even know that they knew I knew what end of the shovel to hold. But but uh, it, it, I was one very small part of this big process. We started this about two and a half years ago. Actually, I started asking for a new field when I was coaching early on in my career. So it's been maybe eight years ago, seven years ago, and didn't get a little, little traction there, very little. And it just kept moving forward a little bit. And I got out of coaching and had more time to, to spend on this. Uh, formed a committee uh, early on we got jeff kraus uh he's a design guy from ottawa and he is just so talented and we went over just a small part of this committee went over to meet with him at brick street studio in ottawa and he had a rendition of our proposed our first rendition of, of the new holy name ballpark and we there were about five guys there that night we walked out we were mesmerized and we thought we've got to get this done so that kind of started the ball rolling. We formed a little bigger committee and and uh, just have a lot of dialogue. You know, we went back and forth on having a all turf field, and then we were going to go back to just grass, natural grass on the infield, and make sure that we had everything tiled properly and watered. And and then we kind of one of the things that kind of helped me turn my is I actually went and saw Austin Swift play at uh, Indiana Westland, and they have what we call now a hybrid field which is what we're doing, a turf infield with a watered grass outfield. And I went over, I was, I thought that was really nice. So we brought that back to committee and then the committee went up to Rossford and a couple guys from the committee went up to Rossford and looked at their high school here and near Toledo and they have a hybrid field and looked at that and, and it just gained a lot of momentum. The Kaleida school board has been phenomenal and they've invested a lot of money up front to get us started. So that's kind of where we're at and how we got started where we're at Monday. Well, I know a really cool thing from talking to him, and obviously he being a Kaleida guy in Chet Erzberger, the head baseball coach now, who replaced you, that you guys are on the same page in terms of, you know, obviously what's best for Kaleida, and you're both Kaleida boys, and, and he's very invested as the coach and having played there, that that was one of his big, big first things was, okay, we have to get this done. We need to get this done for the program. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I felt Chad's pain. I mean, there were there were a couple of years, I coached six, there were a couple of years that we couldn't even get a practice on our own field before the first before our first home game. And that makes it very difficult. I mean, you cannot simulate a game in a gym. You just can't. And, you know, Chad knows very well that because he went through that as a player as well. And uh, so, I, you know, I really went to the committee as, as a former coach and said, hey, we, we've got to give Coach Ernsberger some help here. We We've got to step up. We've got to get him this. We've got to go to this this turf because that's just going to give him so many more practice. They can start practicing in early March. And if it's not raining that day, they can be outside. We're also, uh, Coach Brian Clousing suggested we put a couple bullpens in aside of the batting cage there. So we are actually, and I didn't even mention this uh, Monday to the opening ceremony, but we actually have incorporated two turf bullpens right aside of the batting cage. So we're going to be able to have bullpens. We don't have enough room in the, in the gym in the winter time or, you know, in, in early practices to have enough bullpen sessions for the amount of pitchers. You try to get everybody to be a pitcher in a small school. So we've got that happening too. So that's exciting for us because not only warm up pitchers during a game, but 
during practices, even when we, you know, we should be able to get outside for everything, but if it's really nasty, you know, we'll be able to at least do those turf bullpens along with our simulated bullpens inside. Well, and it's such a different thing. I've joked with folks for years that obviously aren't from Putnam County or as uh, ingrained in Putnam County. And I've always said, they said, why, why Cloud not have game day? Oh, somebody walked by and spit on the field. They had to cancel. <laughs> it's, it's not quite like that, but it's close. And Some we days. Had a great guy. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And we had a great guy in Burke Brickner that came out, and he just worked so hard. An older gentleman retired, and he would get out there and get these pillow puddles. I bought him, or the Holy Name bought him to put him on a field. Actually, that quite high school bought him to put on a field to absorb it, almost like a big sponge. And then say, he would start with that early in the morning and then rake it open, and we would go through pallet of pallet of diamond dry. And it's, he would just work hard. We'd get players on there. I was on there, our coaches. It's a lot of work, and people have no idea what it took to, to get some ball games in. But we did everything we could to get our ball game in that we could. And, you know, they don't have to worry about that anymore. Coach Ernstberg can just worry about coaching his team, and that's what a baseball coach should be worried about. Well, and a lot of people I don't think realize about Holy Name Ballpark, and I know that with a lot of this stuff that it's getting more widespread in terms of the Lima News or, you know, people hearing this who maybe aren't, like I said, ingrained with Putnam County, but – it's such a big thing because everybody always wants to just roll things over and just build something new. But the legacy so far of Holy Name Ballpark is just, it's so phenomenal. And, and I read the board every time I go in there. There's a board that has everything that's ever happened there. And I try to find something new every time. And mm-hmm. it's just so crazy, I mean, to think, Little Kaleida, Ohio, that all of these things have happened and how let's try to preserve as much of that as we can. And that's one thing that's come to light with, with this project is we've been able to educate, you know, our local people and, and also the, you know, the area, Northwest Ohio, the history of this ballpark. My grandfather was one of the original trustees, Cleet Wrecker, back in 1949 that helped bring this beautiful facility to Kaleida. At that first game, there were over 5,000 people that went to that semi-pro game. The governor of the state of Ohio was there. It was a big deal. The Negro League, Game there. Satchel Page pitched there. You know, when they weren't allowed to play in a major league, we welcomed them into our small community to play here. Satchel Page pitched and pitched lights out as, as you would expect out of a Hall of Famer and then went fishing in his canoe in our local creek. Uh, All American Girls League was here. It was made popular by a league of their own, uh, the movie. Uh, my grandpa used to talk about championship wrestling matches and also the King and His Court, which was a very successful professional softball team that went around almost like the Harlem Globetrotters with basketball. He would tell me about that the king himself would pitch from second base, and he would just. He said there were just thousands of people that would be there on the weekends and watch ball games. There was a state tournament game there. We used to have state baseball tournament games there in the summer, and there were as many as two or 3,000 people watch a game that lasted until 2 in the morning. So the history is what I'm so proud of in this community, and, and that's why, to a man, every committee member says, we are not bulldozing this thing down. We are not moving its locations. And it was it was very difficult early on because we were dealing with a diocese of Toledo. They owned the ground. So it wasn't owned by the school. It wasn't even owned by our own church. So our priest was very good, Father Mark Hoying. He got involved with Toledo. Our superintendent, Mr. Carl Lammers, got involved. He got his legal team involved, worked out a long-term lease till I think, 2107. So it's an addendum to another lease that we're doing on the gymnasium there. 
So, I mean, there is just so much work that went into this behind the scenes that people don't know about that these guys just really went to bat for us and got this done. Of course, I'm sure that they would all like if you could build it for the ten grand that they did back in 49. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, when we're digging in the archives, I'm finding that out too. Inflation, like uh, our designer said, Mike Krause, has gone up just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, we'll just reach into the bank and pull that out. Why not? But I, you know, I absolutely love, like I said, the history of everything going on there. And the Satchel Page thing always cracks me up because the barnstorming tours they used to do back in the day where, you know, maybe a lot of these small towns, you don't even realize some of the guys who might have come through. But for that to to have been archived and for someone to have kept track of that, I think that's such a cool thing. And you don't realize uh, George Hackenschmidt, I know, is one of the guys, the pro wrestlers, that's one of the modern fathers of the NWA and the old world championship. He was there and he wrestled a really long match from what I read. And just to walk into that place and go, this is where that happened at. And now those kids will be able to make their own memories. Exactly. Yeah. You're, and I know you're a huge fan of wrestling and you would know that. And it's, it's just tremendous as we were digging and digging more and more into this. It's, it's like, yeah, there's no way we can tear this facility down. I, I, we've talked to multiple construction people. Did you realize it would be cheaper if we just bulldoze it down and start from scratch? I said, no, no, no. You don't understand. That cannot happen. We cannot mess with the integrity of this historic ballpark, nor will we. So I think it's a win-win for our community. It's such a neat thing for our community. And, and to listen to some of the speakers that you know, that were there on Monday and, and some of the history of the ballpark and some great stories. And it was just, that was a fun day. It really was a fun day. I thought it was neat. Ten different speakers. I mean, that's that's quite an undertaking. It is. We just started getting everybody involved. And, and uh, you know, you don't want to leave anybody out. And I, and I probably left a couple people out. But just we, we've got, you know, and it was nice for, for me because all four coaches, my, my baseball coach was there. And he was one of the speakers, along with Coach McBride, who you know very well, and myself and Chad Ernstberger. We got a nice photograph of all four of us, and, and we got a chance to chat a little bit that day. And, and it meant a lot to all of us, I know, to be able to spend a little time together and, and talk, you know, history of Kaleida baseball and, and how passionate all four of us are for this program to be. And I know Coach Ernstberger, along with this facility, we've got a very bright future here at Kaleida baseball. I'm just trying to figure out how – a lunch with the four of you would go, who get the most words in edgewise? <laughs> Probably Coach Ernstberg. I'm pretty quiet. I, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, right, okay. Uh, anybody who knows you is just going to be like, all right, I'm going to tune out now. Uh, yeah, they'll, but, they'll just ignore I mean, that one. To be able to, when this is finished, obviously there's a long road between now and next year to sort of look at everything. Of This is going to be one of those places where when everybody talks about the fields in Northwest Ohio, and we have so many great facilities. The two that always jump out to everyone are Defiance and Coldwater, and rightly so. But, I yes. mean, to have Kaleida mentioned in that group and the, all the things you can do throughout the course of the year, I mean, that's obviously that's going to be a huge source of pride for the community. Well, I mean, and again, a, a driving force for me, and, and I've talked a little bit to, to Coach Held over in Defiance. I said going over there in, in 2019, we had so much rain in tournament time. And Coach Held was phenomenal with us. He got us, he allowed us to have a scrimmage there. You know, we scheduled a quick late, late game with him there, uh, even when they were out of the tournament. Uh, he just was phenomenal to work with. And we fell in love with that facility. 
and a lot of our community was there and saw that and said, why not Kalitis? You know, why can't we have something, you know, not exactly like that. He's got a tremendous complex there where they can have practice. Or maybe someday we can have something like that too. But why not have a, a playing surface that we can get these games in and practices in? And, and that helped gain, a, and I told Coach Hell, that gained, that gained some momentum for us. So that was a good thing, I guess, and all the pain in 2019, all the long bus trips. But, uh, you know, it led to today or led to Monday. And so sometimes you got a little, little pain before you have gain, right? Uh, that's the way the saying goes. Uh, maybe in another handful of years after Owen's done tearing it up at BG and he gets drafted, he's got a successful career, we can get the uh, Wrecker Steck Schulte uh, pitching center open. <laughs> that would be great. Dino was one of our speakers on, on Monday, and phenomenal job. I, I told a lot of stories about his dad. His dad was very special to me and, and was a big Holy Name member, and we both reminisced on – him having his holy name tickets that he would be at the ballpark and he was the leading salesman of the world with holy name tickets and all the games that he went to. He, he knew every young player by name and always encouraging. He coached He coached my dad in Legion. Uh, he coached me he, uh, at, in Acme and, and lower levels. And he actually came back. And when I was coaching Pony League with one of my sons, he came back and I asked him to help me coach and he helped us coach Pony League. So, I've been, I was involved with his dad for a long time. He would stop by and talk baseball all the time in my house and really missed him. And he left a tremendous footprint here. And of course, his son's the first major league ball player ever come out of Kaleida. And, and to have Gene Jr. here that day was truly special for us. Well, hopefully he's the first of two. I hope the first of a uh, few, yeah. But first of two would be a nice start. It was funny you say that. <clears throat> Owen's coach texted him the other day on Sunday. He said, 365. And Owen said, what does that mean, Coach? I'm not, well, have you been there about a year? He said, no, 365 days to get yourself ready for the draft next year. And that was that was a neat thing for Owen. I think it kind of got his, his engine started. So he, uh, he it just he's focused. He's focused now more than I've ever seen. So, you know, it, it takes a heck of a lot to get to that position. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but he's going to work very hard to give himself an opportunity. I have zero doubt that that's uh, not going to happen. But, I mean, the last couple of years – with him, you know, everything he's gone through with uh, the injury and with COVID. And, you know, it's a neat thing for me to see from the outside of when you uh, walked away a couple of years ago, Chad takes over. You know, unfortunately, he doesn't get his first year because of everything, but you get a chance to uh, follow Owen around and go uh, see at least his team play in a lot of uh, cool and, as I understand, warm places. Yeah, that, that's that been, I mean, I, I'm truly blessed. Mike, our family's been truly blessed with, having that opportunity, you know, and to be able to travel and <clears throat> to go to all the different places. It's, I, I can't be more thankful. And, and that is a high level of baseball. That is very fun to watch. And we're getting to meet parents from all over the country now and, and getting close with them and having the opportunity to go to games with them and go out to eat with them. And, you know, just a, it's just such a neat thing. Like I said, I'm, I'm extremely blessed. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. How many of them are still asking you where the heck is Kaleida, Ohio? <laughs> a few of them. Some of the Kalita, Kalita, yeah, it's, that's all right. Well, I just it's northwest. You know where Lima's at? I always tell them it's a little north of Lima. Okay, I know where that's at. I was like, all right, it's close enough. But now, yeah, I right. mean, when they come, you know, in years when they come to visit, now they can see how this project turned out. Yeah, I've seen some of the dads that have have liked some of our things on Twitter, so they can see what's happening here. Some of the dads from college, and and uh, it's it is just it's 
we're getting a lot of very good publication right now on on this project, and and uh, you know, rightly so. A lot of people put a lot of hard work in. It's going to be something extremely special. Well, again, I am over the moon excited about this, and obviously, anything I can ever do to tell people about the word of it. Uh, you mentioned Twitter a little bit. Uh, people want to perhaps throw in a donation or find out more about this project. Where can they go? Right now, go to kaleidabaseball.org. And kaleidabaseball.org gets a brand new website. Kaleida Baseball Association has been created. Coach Ernsberger was instrumental in creating that association here not very long ago here. That's about a year. And they're going to be our finance arm. They're going to they're going to help us with this project the Holy Name Baseball Committee, I should say. So, org, and you can Venmo, you can Visa, you can write a check. We've got an account at Union Bank. Uh, we are going to put a capital campaign on here, but uh, we wanted to show everybody in this community what they're going to get for the bank for their buck, and we want to start off right, and, and I think we have. I think we, we started on the right foot. I was pretty surprised when I went to the website the first time that on the drawing of the way the the park and the updates will look, that on the front, it says Wildcats win 4th Street PCL title. I was surprised it wasn't more. <laughs> well, it's five right now. I think that was that was done, you know, a couple of years ago when he did that first mock-up. I don't think he's changed that yet. So you know, I, that was probably from Owen's season yet. So it, it will... We'll get that changed here very quickly. Also, is that your motorcycle out front in the picture? <laughs> no, I do not own a motorcycle, sir. Nope. <laughs> I just I'm picture, dangerous enough in my truck. I'm just going to picture you and Dick Cordercrax just walking around the field at, at all times now. <laughs> well, that'd be all right. Coach Cordercrax is doing well. I didn't. I seen him not that long ago, and he's still good. He's amazing. He's one of a kind. But I am so happy to be able to talk to you about this. I thank you so much for coming on and spinning some yarns. That's Joe Recker talking about the uh, future of a St. Michael's Holy Name ballpark in Kaleida back in a few. For custom screen printing and personalized designs, come into Countywide Design at 103 North 4th Street in Kaleida, across from JJ's Carryout and right next to 3D Pools. Countywide Design could design whatever you might need to promote your club, school, or business. And while you're there, stop in, see Jackie at Countywide Design. 103 North 4th Street in Kaleida and stop in to 3D Pools and find out about their pool supplies and installation of new pools. Countywide Design and 3D Pools at 103 North 4th Street in Kaleida, 419-532-2540. So for the last couple of years, the uh, second guest on this week's show has uh, saved me a lot of time and a lot of headaches on more than one occasion. With doing football, sometimes it's not always easy, but thankfully the team that I cover is always a week behind the team that he covers. And Alex Wolf, thank you so much for saving me a ton of headaches. No, no problem. I know that if the uh, if the scheduling gods would have uh, reversed it, it would have been uh, me thanking you. So I mean, you know, it's it's always good to to help out a fellow broadcaster. But that's always the weird thing is I always feel bad because I never have anything to offer you because I'm always a week behind you. And by that point, you're already done. <laughs> well, you know, that's, I think that's just the way the uh, cookie or the calendar crumbles sometimes. Yeah, it's just bad luck for you. But uh, <laughs> no, it is cool, though, because uh, being able to really be part of the local fraternity of uh, calling games here in and around the Lima area, WBL, 
in this case. I really love how everybody is willing to work with one another, and it's okay. You have this. I have this. You know, what do you need? What can I do for you? No, absolutely. Yeah, there's, you know, like you said, the fact that it's, you know, game here, game there. Somebody has somebody two, three weeks ahead. Somebody's coming up trailing. Yeah, so it's just, you know, at the end of the day, we all piecemeal it together, and, and it, it makes life a little bit easier for everybody as the uh, nine weeks of league games goes on. So I can say I don't know a ton of your background, and I'm always fascinated to learn more about people around you. Uh, graduate from Ball State, but, I mean, mm-hmm. how do you get to that point? How do you decide this is what you want to do? Well, I mean, I, I guess from a young age, and it's honestly been so long, that I don't even really know when I really wanted to be a broadcaster doing sports, but it's it's really been for pretty much as long as I can remember. I mean, I was I was the kid that, you know, would run around the playground while the other kids would be playing football and basketball and I'd be calling it, I'd be holding a pen or a pencil like a microphone, you know, kid had scored touchdown in the two hand touch football game, I'd go up and interview him. It's just always, I guess, sort of been uh, what I've wanted to do. And I got to the high school of Lima Central Catholic and really started to uh, zone in on it and hone in on it and ended up at a uh, ball state because I wanted to get over into Indiana and maybe see uh, if I could uh, get over into the, the Indianapolis area because really auto racing has always been my, my big passion. I wanted to, to pursue, you know, that angle of it. So that's, that's really how Ball State with their telecommunications uh, program uh, became uh, uh, where I really ended up going and spent four years at the student radio station, did uh, sports shows, did sports during the newscasts, and did uh, sideline reporting, pregame and halftime hosting for, for men's basketball my, my senior year. And one thing led to another Spent a year wandering around after graduation in the wilderness and ended up at uh, then Clear Channel Lima, now iHeartMedia Lima, answering the phones on T102 for a few months and produced the uh, morning show there. And one thing leads to another, and, and here I am still uh, 10 years later. Well, it's kind of funny to me. I don't know that enough people know about the uh, the media program, so to speak, that they have there at Ball State. I've got a buddy. James Ryder, who's uh, was in Lion Bay's in Dayton now, and oh, you know, yeah. he raves about it all the time. But uh, outside of you and he and one or two other people I've ever met, I don't know that maybe Ball State gets enough credit with obviously the Syracuse of the world or even close to home Ohio University. Oh yeah, and I mean you know small world. I mean me and James were in the class of 2010. I mean we we hung out basically the four years we were I'm there. Sorry to and- hear that. <laughs> I think if again if the roles were reversed, you'd, you know, maybe it'd be the same thing. I'd have to apologize them for having to be around me. Maybe, and the fact maybe. that uh, when 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 he when he first when he first got here to to Lima at hometown stations, I, uh, I spent a lot of time hanging out with him in his apartment, playing video games and and whatnot. But yeah, it's really underrated. I, I think still now the the profile is starting to get bigger, especially in in sports because of the sports link program that, that James actually went through 
said, I mean, it's, it's essentially an option in uh, telecommunications is sports broadcasting. And, and I mean, even, even before you go into those 60s, 70s, and 80s, I mean, of course, David Letterman, is, his name's on the, the building where we had most of our classes during our, our four years. And he's, of course, the, the highest profile. But, I mean, Mark Champion that uh, did games for the Detroit Pistons, he, he came through. Ball State and a guy like Kevin Lee that does uh, primarily auto racing for NBC, but he's he's done uh, NFL games for Westwood One and college basketball for them. And then, I mean that's that's just to name a, a very few, but it's it's really a, a program that that yeah doesn't get the, the credit that it really deserves. David Letterman, who'd he ever beat? <laughs> I mean, well, sadly, he could he could he couldn't beat Jay Leno, right? Well. Yeah, there's that. Uh, but I mean, Jason Whitlock, of course, he went there too, and kind of the sports writing right, yeah. world. But uh, yeah, it, it's so neat because obviously, for a long time, the only thing that I would say a, a big audience, like a nationwide audience, ever heard of Ball State was about Letterman, where he would constantly reference Ball State, and people would be, "Where the hell is Ball State?" Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've been there. I've been to Muncie once, and uh, we had to get pizza while we were there. We actually did a weird sort of little indie show at the fairgrounds. But, oh, I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful campus they have down there, and I I just really don't think enough people know about Ball State. No, and I mean, really, when you think about it, not, not that far from our area, too, and it's, it's a real easy drive. If, if you like back roads, you, you definitely like the, uh, the way to Muncie, that's for sure. And, and, yeah, just like you said, a beautiful campus, and it's, it's, it's sort of similar to almost a, a Lima area, but it, it's sort of smack dab in the middle between a lot of uh, bigger areas, which sort of makes it convenient. If uh, if there's a weekend and you wanted to go somewhere and, and do something else, you could you could get over uh, pretty easily and pretty <laughs> relatively speaking I just want quickly. I hear the conversation of, yeah, we got a weekend off. What are we going to do? Let's go to Muncie, Indiana. Yeah, that's usually that's it's it's usually if you're in Muncie, Indiana, it's like well. Indianapolis isn't that far away. Fort Wayne isn't that far away, so can can spend a day or two away from from Muncie. Is usually the the thinking that uh, that goes through your mind. But it is kind of cool. I mean, you know, like you said, a handful of hours you can be there, you can be back. In the last handful of years, you know, if nothing else, if they're not winning, Ball State has put together some really good programs and some really good seasons, and you know they play kind of the way it goes a lot of the kids from around here when they go to the mac you can go down there and watch them play oh yeah you know i mean i mean we, we had that through the years yeah you'd, you'd look at the uh, at the program and men's and women's uh, basketball or even football and you'd see a lot of oh yeah that's a wbl school that's a mac school i mean you you go back to he was he was a year or two behind, but I, I remember getting really excited when a guy like uh, like Andy Putoff from St. Henry came over, and he was sort of an integral part of uh, really the the best football teams that the Ball State ever had with with line play with that uh, magical 2008 football team that went 12 and 0 in the regular season. I'd rather not talk about how the uh, the rest of the season went the last two games, but. Yeah, it was always, it was always fun. Every now and then, especially football signing day, you'd see some familiar location, get to sort of educate the uh, Hoosiers about uh, what what Ohio athletics as far as high school goes. Well, now you've got Caden Ekamp 
from St. Henry, played for the football team in 19, and kind of decided that that was going to be the place he was going to go. Uh, Jalen Thomas from Lima Senior. I mean, just kind of continuing that pipeline. But so you talk about answering the phones, talk about working at 2102. Obviously, Todd Walker has been on the show, and uh, if you don't know Todd Walker, there's something wrong with you. Hardest working man in sports, but how do oh, you yeah. how do you make that transition with him? Of was it just a conversation of how you kind of chipped in and helped started to do sports there? Well, really, how I ended up at the station at the full banner of iHeartMedia Lima really is Todd. It's it's basically you boil it down to two people: it's Todd Walker and Mike Miller, and you talk about a couple of characters with those two guys. I mean, if you know the two of them, it's like, need I say more? <laughs> but it was it was really, Mike had spent seven or eight years in the Muncie-Anderson area with a, with a stack car organization that was based there. And when that deal had sort of folded, he spent a little bit of time at the radio station in Muncie. And he knew a lot of people, and he'd go to the games at Ball State when he had free time. Well, in 2010, my senior year of college, when I was involved with basketball in the student radio station, Bowling Green came to Muncie to play on a Thursday night. Well, the two guys that were above me were doing a game, a game on television for the, for the student uh, program. So I got moved up to play by play. And actually my color commentator is a guy by the name of Pat Boylan that works now for the Indiana Pacers. He's also the, the voice of the Indiana Fever does pregame and, and halftime on radio. Does those things for a television as well. He was a freshman. I was a senior, and basically, visiting radio is next to student radio at Worthen Arena. And the uh, legendary play-by-play man for for Ball State. I mean, nearly I think nearly sixty years. Maury Manny's basically where they had his equipment at the arena got misplaced he couldn't find it so he was all flustered Todd usually does a, a pre-game interview with the opposing uh, radio Maury didn't have time to do it I had met him through Mike because Mike came to the game with him and basically Todd asked Mike do you think Alex could do about five minutes about the team Mike said that he thought you know I could so I did the segment with him for his for his radio pre-game and stayed in touch with him and about a, a year, year and a half later, I called from there was a opening at the station. I ended up, uh, I mean, doing a little bit of everything and basically became a, a fill-in on the uh, scoreboard show for a few years. And, you know, one thing led to another, and I started filling in every now and then on play-by-play for football and basketball. And the rest, as they say, is history. It's just funny how all of the same people connect in my life it doesn't matter where I know them from or where I've met them from and I I think it's funny because you and I sort of missed each other through James but with all these other characters sort of connected that way and I mean it's just it's so cool to to hear how that because everybody looks at it and and I don't want to make a big thing about this but everybody looks northwest Ohio and just says like yeah okay Whatever, like that, it's like its own little bubble. It's very hard to explain to people who maybe don't do what we do that the rest of the state doesn't cover high school athletics like TV or radio or the papers here. Is it, you think that's fair to say? 
Oh, I think that's a, that's a hundred percent fair to say. I think, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of other areas of the state that it's just sort of an, an afterthought. It's almost, you know, talk to us if you make it to the state level, uh, tournament per se. But yeah, here, I mean, it's, it's sort of, uh, everybody eat, breathes and, and sleeps. And that's from fans to participants. I mean, right through the media. See, I never realized it until a handful of years ago. My wife is from the Cleveland area, and we had talked about moving up there. It just kind of didn't line up, but she kind of explained to me, you know, what you guys do and the way that you do things here isn't how they do it up there, and there's not, you know, a a station covering X team every week on FM or on AM or whatever. It's such kind of an anomaly, and I started looking at it and started thinking about it, and I realize just how right she is, and, and I think that speaks to kind of how good you have to be and how hardworking you have to be in this area to not only stand out but to stick around. Oh, that's that's for sure. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's you know this this area is so uh, passionate about its, its sports and that that they can they can spot a phony pretty quick, and that's if you don't really have your act together and you're your A game, you could get us out on the proverbial rail pretty quick. Now, I get emails to the station, or I have before, about word choices or something I said that was 90% correct. Have you gotten any kind of uh, mail or kind of things where, and I know Todd does not care about this kind of stuff, but normal people who uh, have uh, a different kind of view of the world kind of look at things every once in a while. Have you gotten one where you just kind of went, okay, you're, you're just, you're splitting hairs now. Leave me alone. I mean, I've, I've occasionally gotten about pronunciations of, of last names, which I, I know everybody's probably gotten at some point, but yeah, so, sometimes it's, it's a real small difference or, you know, you think to yourself, I'm pretty sure that I said it how, how, you're saying it should be said, but I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that maybe you should get your, your hearing looked at, but I, I mean, but it's a, it, I, I've, I've sort of gotten that occasionally. I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, early, early on, I, you know, agonize over it. If somebody say you, you said a name this way, but it's actually this. And, you know, you, you sort of try to get them to walk a mile in your shoes and say, well, I mean, somebody had told me that it's, how you said it or that's how I think it's said, but you know, after a while it's sort of, you know, it's just things happen and you just roll with it. But, but I'll, I'll say, you know, early on when I was starting to fill in, you know, occasionally you get things like that and you sort of, your, your skin thickens up a little bit with time. My greatest advice is never ask a kid how to say his name. That, that is a, that is a, a really good point. Because the kid will always be wrong. Uh, yeah. Most of the time I'll ask the dad because I have joked about this for years, but I had a mom who uh, she told me how to say their name one way after I mispronounced it and was very nice about it and uh, still friends to this day. And she said it and comes back five minutes later and says, uh, my husband says to say it this way. I said, well, it's been his name for 35 years, so I'm probably going to go with him. Yeah, that's that's probably a good way to to do it and, and look at it. I'd, I'd say, yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> definitely. I, I think I think the seniority with, with right, the name. Right. I think he's used to how it's said. said. I, I think he's probably correct. Yeah. I said, how the hell can you have a different way to say that when you've been married for 15 years? Yeah, that's a yeah. I, I feel like that's something that maybe should have been covered early, early in the relationship. I would think. Um, so. How do we say this name? Right, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "All right, oh, that's fine." So it's cool to me uh, talking. Obviously, I've been following this. If you uh, just look at the IndyCar.com webpage, you have your own bullet points. So you have your own profile. I mean, for a guy who started as an intern just kind of doing something that he loved. I mean, how cool is that? People can Google you and then just look and go, oh, yeah, there's that guy. I mean, when you talk about people that Google it, I'll admit that sometimes I'm one of those people because I still can't believe it. But, I mean, uh, you know, again, it's just about uh, relationships. I mean, that's that's sort of the biggest advice everybody tells you, you know, when you get into this business and you maybe think, "Uh, you know, what's, you know, yeah, yeah, but it's it's really for me come to, to fruition that I mean, you know, helping out when I was over at Ball State, helped out with the United States Auto Club for four summers, going to the races, sort of helping from almost a, a PR standpoint. So I got to know track announcers and, and people that, that were calling races, you know, at, at those tracks. And then again, another guy that was that was in the same uh, uh, running group, I guess you could say, as as me and James Ryder, Nick Yeoman. Three weeks after we graduated from Ball State, he was a pit reporter for the IMS Radio Network. We stayed in touch all through that, all through the years. WIMA in twenty fourteen comes back as an affiliate of the network. You know, build a relationship with the uh, network general manager at the time, Wally Levitt. Started doing some shows from the track. Got to know uh, Mark James, who's now the, the anchor of the network. Chris Pollock, who's the, the new uh, network general manager in his second year in that position. And one thing led to another in 2018. In 2019, I was over at Mid-Ohio helping them out on, on practice days in the pits. And before the pandemic, 2020, I was actually supposed to be the you know, garage and hospital reporter the 500 they usually have a, a reporter that's that's stationed there uh during the race but of course with the pandemic they had to cut down on on air people so i still helped out over there actually uh, holding a boom mic if you uh have seen events during the pandemic and you know the the microphone that's there in front of the uh, person being interviewed i had to hold that and or then, usually uh, one this, scene in every movie because they forget to cut it out. Well, that that too. You usually have it hanging down. Uh, yeah, there that that somebody uh, missed out on seeing in the in the dailies or whatever they call. Well, they just didn't care. But they, yeah, just didn't care. It's like yeah, yeah. I already got paid for this. What are you going to do? Right. So I I did that at, at Indy last August and last September at Mid Ohio and early April got a got a call from. Chris Pollock said, uh, you know, we need a pit reporter. Would you be interested? And it took me about a quarter of a second to say yes. And I mean, I still can't believe that it happened. And I still can't believe 4th of July I got to do it again at, at Mid-Ohio. And everybody seemed pretty happy. So hopefully it's the uh, 
beginning of a, a long relationship with the with the radio network. It's it's I mean it's to say it's a dream come true is the understatement of maybe the the millennium. Now you've obviously been to Indy before this, but what was it like walking in the first time, knowing you're going to work at IMS? Uh, it's I mean it's sort of the, the most cautious I've ever driven to the track. <laughs> So it didn't, didn't want anything to happen. Well, yeah, and, and it's the a most, pain to get to that area where IMS is located in Indy, anyways. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's I mean, it's you, you felt like you're driving through a, a minefield because I thought I I can't can't have anything happen before I can get there. So that's that's one thing. But it was just you know the the amazing thing is I thought I'd be super nervous, but there was almost a eerie sort of calm that washes over you because you realize that, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. It's, you know, nobody, nobody's going to be able to come up and say, ah, we were just kidding or something came up. So it was sort of a, a eerie calm and just, just excitement. And I mean, that excitement continues even, you know, a month and a half after the race. It's just, it's still almost hard to, to put into words for a, the broadcast, it's, I mean, the, the network's been around almost 70 years. And, I mean, to make it on that, I mean, it basically it, it means that some some people that really know the business inside and out recognize you as, as one of the, the top people in the field. And that's just an incredible feeling. I always said that it didn't feel real until my check cleared. Yeah. It was yeah, like, so, I did it, but, yeah, that's, you that's, know. That's, yeah. That's true. So yeah, it, it sort of really sunk in about two weeks later when I when I checked the bank account. That's that's for sure. <laughs> well, it'd be a cool thing though too because you know all of a sudden your Twitter, I'm sure, is blowing up and your friends are sending you pictures of, uh, hey, we saw you on the TV. Hey, we heard you. You get little clips, things like that. I mean, that's kind of neat because I know that there are a lot of people in that scenario where they're just watching or they're listening. Wait, wait, I know this guy. Wait. I do know that guy. Oh yeah, and I, I I did get that actually in the couple of weeks that followed. I'd I'd run into the people out and about, and they you know would ask me about that. And I think the, the sort of neat thing too is Mark James, the the anchor of the network, the voice of the Indianapolis Five Hundred, about a week and a half before the race, sent an email to all of us that were going to be on air asking for our high school alma maters. And that was what he used in our intro the first time we were on. And that was neat in a twofold way because for me to have my alma mater, Lima Central Catholic, get mentioned on the broadcast was was a very neat thing. But also the fact that the guy that was in turn two, Michael Young, is of all things a Delphi St. John's graduate. So so you had a holy war yeah, in the pits? Is that what you're saying? Uh, almost. I, <laughs> we'd sort of joke with with everybody and say, like, this is this is how you know this is a big deal that a, a Thunderbird and Blue Jay can coexist, and well, it's just that's yeah, so cool, it's, it's a though, one in a million. Too, I mean, thing. to have you know the guy think enough of everyone else in the broadcast that's going on to to do that little detail. I mean that that says a lot about him. Oh yeah, I mean he's just a a fantastic guy. He's, he's a, from from Monrovia, Indiana, sort of on the 
the outskirts of Indianapolis. And he's, I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, sort of his, his background and, and my background from coming from sort of small town, you know, radio and dreaming and doing this. There's a, a lot of parallels between the, the two of us. And, and that just, that's just sort of what made it even more special to be able to be on the network with a, with a guy like that. Well, that's awesome. I know you have a ton of things going on during the summer, getting ready for football season. People who would like to keep up with you, where can they find you? Well, on Twitter, it's Alex, A-L-E-X underscore, and this is what always trips up people. It's W-O-L-L-F for Wolf. It's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, I guess, take it up with, with my ancestors when they came through Ellis Island, you know, a hundred some years ago <laughs> with, with spelling. I mean, I've, I've gotten it so many ways. I've gotten one L, I've gotten one L and two F's. I've gotten two L's and two F's. I've gotten L-F-E, but it's, it's W-O-L-L-F, so Alex underscore Wolf on, on Twitter is really the, the best way to, to follow what's uh, going on as the summer progresses and in, uh, into the fall. It'd be really screwed up if you had any Hispanic in you, people would think that it's a Y. It's W-O-Y-F when you go to pronounce it. <laughs> like, wait a second. I don't think that's right. Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure no, it's two yeah, that's a, Yeah. That, that would add to the, to the confusion. <laughs> right. Just wait. It'll happen. It'll be that one time. Oh, I, like, I, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, every every now and then I, I get a new one. It's like, oh, that is a new one. Just hey, when I thought I was I done seeing every variation. H-E-R-N all the time. So I just mm-hmm. now, when I say my name, and my wife has had to do it too. Anytime you have to say her and you just spell it. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, you, well. you got it. That's. Yeah, that's that's honestly, yeah, I've I've gone to that in the last couple of years because I get such I get such confusion when people are looking so I'm like, let me just spell it. Let me just <laughs> let me just simplify this for all of us. W O L L F. Are you ready? I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you how to do it yeah. right now. Yeah, it's like I, I know you're probably not seeing it because you're looking for like one L. So it's like you're gonna have to scroll down further if it's alphabetical. Right. Uh, well, I thank you for doing this. I, I've uh, I've enjoyed being able to listen to and keep up on things you've got going on. And apparently I will see you in about a month and a half. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. That's, I mean, you, you talk about uh, great events and great games. I mean, Wapakoneta and St. Mary's, that's that's sort of when, when a couple of years ago when I got to uh, start doing the Wapakoneta games, that's frankly what I was the uh, most excited about was and to be involved with that rivalry in the uh, the couple of years I've gotten to call it is uh, not disappointed uh, one bit, and I'm sure you'd, you'd agree with that. Oh, yeah, that is uh, that is always an interesting one, and having to uh, to go to Wapakoneta this year, I, I think that should be, uh, that's probably one of the better games in week three. Oh, for sure. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's sort of, that's sort of must-see football if you're just an aficionado of uh, football in the area. Well, again, I thank you so much, and I uh, I wish you the best of luck, everything you've got coming up. Oh, thank you very much, and same to you. Best to you and the family. That's Alex Wolf again, at Alex underscore W-O-L-L-F. Back with more of the show here in just a second. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well, then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, 
and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Did you know the Hegemeyer Tire Service on 120 South Walnut Street in Van Wert is under new ownership? Be sure to stop in and see new owners Kevin Price and Jared Hartman today for all of your vehicle service needs or give them a call at 419-238-2140 to schedule your next appointment. If you need tires, then you need Hegemeyer Tire Service at 120 South Walnut Street in Van Wert. Hegemeyer Tire Service is a proud sponsor of Lincoln View Baseball and says go Lancers. Hey, speaking of Lincoln View Baseball, big, big congratulations to uh, Landon Price for being named to the Max Preps Junior All-America team. That uh, came out yesterday, and uh, such a cool honor. Had such a great season for the Lancers who finished in the uh, state finals and as the uh, state runner-up. But a big thanks to his dad, Kevin, and to Hegemeyer Tire Service for always being a part of uh, things we have going on. And thank you to you for listening. It's kind of been a while. Weird life kind of tends to get in the way at times. Alex Wolf from Our Heart Radio, big thank you to him. As to my friend Joe Recker, the one and only Joe Recker, for being a part of this show. I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, we're not that far away from the start of the fall season, just outside of a month of things going on. But the NBA Finals kind of breaking down. Major League Baseball had their All Star game and the uh, deal with uniforms the other night, but big things coming. Uh, the uh, fall is going to be good to heal the soul as it goes. Uh, big thank you to you again for listening. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.